0: All right, welcome back to another episode of Sean and Ed's Do Baseball. I'm Sean and I'm Ed. And we're bringing you some baseball history. That's right. We're a bi-weekly baseball history podcast where the story catcher doesn't know what the story pitcher is going to be on the mound throwing them. That's right. And today, I don't know what I'm throwing today. You're going back-to-back appearances, though.
1: I am, because we we try not to be topical on this podcast, being a history podcast and whatnot, right? I guess, yeah. Well, but I couldn't help... Uh, but notice, uh, the World Baseball
0: Classic happened recently. Oh, okay. Yeah, so uh, did you did you catch... I caught a little bit of it here and there, to be honest. I didn't see too, too much, but... Well, most importantly, did you see Team Japan beat the USA? I saw the highlights at the end, and what a way for it to finish. Exactly. You know? With you a could... Japanese pitcher, mm-hmm. a phenom... Yeah, at the top of the game.
1: ...on the mound yeah. against the greatest hitter... In baseball. It, yeah, in this generation.
0: You what? couldn't ask for a better... You couldn't write it better.
1: No. And that inspired me, Edsy. Okay. To tell the story we're going to tell today. Um, but before that, you uh-huh. should uh, follow us on our social medias. Follow at,
0: us on Twitter, at DoingBaseball. And on Instagram, at Doing.Baseball. Uh, TikTok, at Baseball. And of course, uh, you've, you've found us on one of the listening platforms, whether it's Spotify or Apple Podcasts, Amazon Music.
1: Wherever you're listening to this, if you could give us a review or a rating, a follow, it would be appreciated. Yeah, and of course, thanks for listening. Thank you so much. And before we start as well, we're going to talk about our sponsor today, Edsy. Do you like a cold beer on a hot day? As Enjoy s-
0: a cold beer as much as the next guy does on yeah. a hot day,
1: Sean. Exactly. Baseball game on. Enjoying yourself. Uh, we're brought to you by Two Loons Brewing. Uh, Two Loons, great. Their IPA is on the shelves now. they got some other micro-batch awesome Cascales at some bars in Toronto. Uh, check out Two Loons Brewing at twoloonsbrewing.com.
0: And as always... Uh, be of legal drinking age and please enjoy responsibly. Thank you, Edzie. You're welcome.
1: All right, are you ready for this fantastic tale?
0: I'm I'm very excited to hear a story from uh, the World Baseball Classic. I'm at, you say it's topical because of the classic happening recently, but... It's not from the World Baseball Classic, oh, okay. to be clear. Okay, I was going to say, this story probably must be fairly recent because the classic hasn't been around for that long, but there you go. You shot my uh, theory in the foot right there.
1: No, no, this was a this was a story I had in the chamber for a little while, and I just didn't pull the trigger, but I was inspired.
0: By, by the recent events? Yes. Okay.
1: So, on December 1st, 1944, just before midnight, the USS Sea Devil, a submarine on patrol in the East China Sea, picked up what was believed to be a Japanese convoy in the distance and began to give chase. Okay. World War II. World War II. So by 3.20 a.m. on now December 2nd, 1944, the Sea Devil had caught up with the Japanese ships and their radar was showing 11 definite targets. Okay.
0: So it... it it's just one Sea Devil. Uh, well, it's a submarine called the USS Sea Devil. Oh, okay. Sorry. Right. Yeah. So I but believe. it's just the one submarine. Yeah, I think it's just hunting alone. Just, just looking I for. Imagine there's other ships nearby, but probably, okay. probably. Um,
1: but it picked up. So at 4:14 a.m., the Sea Devil attacked. It fired four torpedoes at a freighter, but all four missed. Ten minutes later, at 4.24 a.m., the Sea Devil released torpedoes number 5 and 6, this time at a Japanese ship 500 meters away. These torpedoes were true to their aim, and 40 seconds later, they collided with the Hawaii Maru. Okay. The Hawaii Maru was a Japanese troop ship with some 2,000 soldiers on board. There was a massive explosion that sent debris flying everywhere, and the Hawaii Maru was almost completely submerged within three minutes. Okay, so lots of damage. And there were no survivors. Okay. So, over 2,000 troops, plus all of the people running the ship, Mm -hmm. they're all dead. And one of the men who found a watery grave on that morning was the greatest, or one of the greatest pitchers in Japanese baseball history.
0: Mm. What... Of all
1: ships to be on. Well, exactly. It just kind of sucks that, that, you know, they missed their first target. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) We'll hit that one now. Um, So, Eds, uh, I hope I'm saying it. I've worked on the pronunciation. I've I've looked it up. So, Eiji Sawamura was born February 1st, 1917, in what is now known as Isi City in Japan, on the west coast, just east of Osaka.
0: Okay.
1: Iji was the eldest son to Kenji and Mishi Sawamura, who would have a number of kids. I don't know, but he had several other brothers and sisters. I never found out how many. Okay. I just, but It, it literally said a lot. blank number. Of okay. <laughs> brothers and Your sisters. Your guess is as good as ours. I don't know, man. <laughs> uh, so, uh, Sawamura's father introduced him to baseball at a young age, and Iji excelled as a pitcher. Uh He attended Kyoto Shogyo Shogyo High School and played in three Koshien tournaments, which is the biggest high school baseball tournament in Japan, which still runs to this day, and began in 1915. Okay.
0: I'm surprised it was that early, because I was kind of under the impression that baseball wasn't really... I mean, I guess it was around, obviously, by, by yep. this story here, but I didn't really think baseball had that much presence in Japan until like the '30s when Babe Ruth and those guys went there. But oh, we're getting to I that. guess I'm mistaken.
1: Oh okay. we're, we're, we're getting to that. No, no, I, I mean, maybe we'll do a, a early baseball in Japan story. But baseball mm-hmm. really kind of started in the 1890s there. Like it wasn't really that far behind. Okay. Yeah, so anyways, another story, another day. So Salomore is not a big guy. Um, but he's blowing scouts away and batters away with his arm. He's about 5'8", uh, but he throws heat. And at 17 years old, he was seen as the best young pitcher in Japan. Okay. So, in 1934, as you kind of alluded to. Okay. The head of the Yumiori Shimbun's sports department, which is a newspaper, mm-hmm. uh, approached his grandfather with a proposition he was putting together an all japanese all-star team to face a team of american all-stars coming to japan that fall right yes okay. we've heard about this one yes in uh what's the guy's name uh moberg moberg episode yeah. so the newspaper wanted Eiji on that team and they would pay him a nice salary for his troubles
0: he's 17 right that, well that's pretty nice yeah I would have loved that when I was 17.
1: My next line is, you would think, Eds, that this would be an easy decision (laughs) for a 17-year-old to make, but his decision would have deep ramifications. If Sawamura joined the all-Nippon team, as they were calling them, he would be expelled from high school and would forfeit his chance to attend Keio University the following semester. Hmm. Why? Well, there was a law passed by the Ministry of Education forbidding high school and university athletes from playing professionally in any way or making any kind of money. So basically the NCAA (laughs) in the United States right now, their rules are in line with imperialist Japan. (laughs) Just so we're all clear on that. (laughs) So by him signing a professional contract at 17 he could no longer play sports for a university. Right. And and he had got expelled from high school for it. Yeah. Because it was, like, shameful. he was that young. He was leaving the team.
0: Um, (laughs) So, great dishonor. (laughs) Yes.
1: (laughs) But as I say, it's
0: great. I'm like, that's... We see that today. <laughs> so
1: uh, so Selimora's family was poor, and they had a whole bunch of kids. I don't know how many, uh, but they needed the money. So he right. takes it. He's like, all right, fuck my scholarship. Fuck high school. I'm going to pitch against Babe fucking Bruce.
0: I mean, I would, do, I would say fuck high school for yeah. that opportunity as well. Yeah.
1: So that fall, after the World Series, an American team was assembled that included the ridiculous lineup featuring... Lou Gehrig, Charlie Geringer, Jimmy Fox, Earl Aver- Averill, uh, and none other than Babe Ruth himself. And Mo oh. Berg, the spy. Oh, yeah. You fucking... the Oh, yeah. There was also a guy named Mo Berg okay. on this team who was a newspaper aficionado himself. <laughs> <All right. laughs>
0: Yeah, he loved the newspaper. Don't touch it, though.
1: (laughs) Yeah, but it's not his first time visiting Japan, either. Once again, uh, it's it's a whole episode. There Mm -hmm.
0: there had been other American
1: all-star teams there before. Um, The team would play 18 games against this Nippon all-star team, and the team of Americans arrived to great fanfare on November 2nd, 1934. Nearly 500,000 Japanese lined the streets to welcome the American ballplayers. As the ballplayers traveled by motorcade from Tokyo Station to the Imperial Hotel, thousands of fans lined the streets with cries of Bonsai! Bonsai Babe Ruth! Bonsai! Bonsai
0: Babe Ruth! Okay. So, so they're cheering Babe Ruth.
1: Yeah, they love okay. Babe Ruth.
0: Yeah, they're so excited to see Babe Ruth in their country. I wasn't sure if that was positive or negative praise.
1: Yeah, right. no. Uh, so uh, <laughs> yeah. there's confetti in the air. It's it's a jovial. Okay. They're waving Japanese and American flags, which at this time, imperialist Japan was was beginning tensions were beginning to rise. Right. Yeah. Uh, so this is great. In America, was there? Well, exactly. Listen Check to that episode. episode. Yeah. But in that episode, I'm like, oh, I don't know, really. I think it was kind of. But they, they were. The tensions were clearly escalating at this point. So to have Japanese people in the streets praising Babe Ruth and waving American flags is fucking. For U.S. diplomacy. Like, yeah. Mm -hmm. Uh, They're happy about that. Anyways. So, uh, Ruth was the biggest star, and traffic would grind to a halt as a mass of people outside of his hotel swelled and blocked Travis. Traffic. Travis. <laughs> Who's Travis? <laughs> <laughs> Who's, that's Godzilla's <laughs> name. <laughs> uh, <laughs>
0: no.
1: Anyways, so he, he blocked traffic uh, as he began to shake hands with people. So he starts shaking hands with the crowd, and it's like a mosh pit, or I guess a, a mm-hmm. you know, group vocals. Everyone's mm-hmm. rushing in to try to get it. It's Travis! <laughs> oh, no, it's Babe Ruth. <laughs> it's Babe Ruth. Get out of know, Travis's way, yeah. <laughs> Anyways... <laughs> uh, <laughs> Uh okay so uh yak Yakuki yak uk uh Japanese Japan's top baseball magazine reported that uh the Japanese public fawning over Ruth uh saying the fans went crazy each time Ruth did anything smiled sneezed or dropped a ball
0: <laughs> <laughs> All right He's blinked yeah, yeah! <laughs> <laughs> he shoot his pants yeah. Ah!
1: Yeah. Um, So <laughs> g- games began uh, uh, So uh, we return to Sawamura So on November 10th At just 17 years old He gets his first start Against the American All-Stars The young man was rightly nervous as he was about to face some of the best baseball players on the planet in front of a sold-out crowd of 60,000 at Meiji Jinju Stadium. Okay.
0: You've picked a great episode to challenge yourself with pronunciations, my friend.
1: I am failing, (laughs) and I welcome anybody to tell me how bad I am. Um, So the teenager who had given up everything to face the babe showed his country how good he was. His first pitch to Babe Ruth was smashed for a home run.
0: <laughs> all right. Welcome to the big leagues, kid.
1: <laughs> yeah. Uh, all right. Yeah, so Sawamura would give up 10 runs on 11 hits, three of which were home runs. Uh, I believe two were to Ruth. Either way, still, it was a courageous effort, as he still managed to strike out both Ruth and Gehrig in one time each, mm-hmm. uh, two of the greatest hitters ever, as we all know, uh, later in the game. He would tell.
0: Yek, I assume that was like he pitched the whole game, eight innings. Okay, well, no, yeah. still.
1: Yeah. So he, or yeah. So he would tell Yak Yak UK uh, later the baseball magazine uh, his first taste of big league batters. I was scared, but I realized that the big leader leaguers were not gods. Okay. So he was nervous. He gave up a bunch of runs early, but kind of you know, struck like, a couple of the big yeah. guys out. So he's like, ah, they're you know. They're mortal. He found a hole. He found a hole. So three days later, he'd come in in relief after the starter got shelled for 11 runs by the fourth inning. Uh This time, Sawamura was able to shut down the American bats for multiple innings before Jimmy Fox bashed a three-run shot off of him in the eighth. Still, Sawamura grew more confident with his outing and was beginning to understand each batter's weakness. Okay. So he's a smart guy, too. Well he's seventeen yeah. and he clearly knows how to pitch because he's making adjustments on the fly mm-hmm. to big leaguers. Yeah. Which is amazing. So uh yeah, so as you can tell, the Americans were beating the crap out of the ball and absolutely destroying pretty much every Japanese pitcher that they threw out there. Right. But that would all change on November 20th, 1934, when Eiji Sawamura would pitch arguably the game of his life. All right. Tell me about it. So he's phasing off against uh, American left-hander Earl Whitehall. Uh, the two would dazzle the crowd in, I believe, the only true pitcher's duel of this series. The rest, the, uh, the, the, the Japanese team was so bad that the crowd just switched allegiances they were just
0: cheering for the, they were just American cheering team. for home runs, like yeah. hit the
1: ball 500 feet. Yeah. That's what we want to see. Yeah. Um, so at this point it's pretty bad. Uh, so where am I? I lost my spot. So Sawamura had a 7.85 ERA coming into this game. Uh, but it's probably not that bad considering. <laughs> yeah, exactly. He, well, he got shit kicked in his first game, but then kind of figured it out. I think he had another appearance, but it doesn't matter because this is what we're talking about. Yeah. So he holds them hitless until the fourth. And okay. he gives up a single in the fourth. Not a big deal because he then strikes out Garranger, who had just finished second in MVP voting that year,
0: mm-hmm.
1: Ruth, Gehrig, and Fox. Obviously not in the same inning, but he gets four strikeouts of the four best hitters in yeah. baseball. Yeah. Back to back to back to back, and the crowd all of a sudden goes, "Holy shit!" They're like now we're cheering
0: for Japan again. Yeah! Yeah! <laughs>
1: <laughs>
0: so. So, um, it's like a wrestling crowd.
1: Yeah. So <laughs> so he had the fans going crazy. He made Ruth look particularly bad, catching him off balance with an inside curveball and sending the slugger corkscrewing back to the dugout. Ooh, the whole way? <laughs> <laughs> At least one or two turns. Yeah. Uh, but finally, in the seventh, Lou Gehrig got to one of Sawamura's pitches and sent it over the fence and put the U.S. up one to nothing. And that oh. ends... Is how the game would end. Okay. That's not bad though. Despite the loss, Ishii Sawamura was now a national hero.
0: Mm-hmm. I guess as you would be. He pitched a two hitter mm-hmm. against the fucking American best dudes in the world. Yeah.
1: So, newspapers, of course, loved it. Uh, strikeouts of Ruth in particular, because they're fawning over Ruth the whole time. Yeah. And they're like, this guy struck out Ruth. Like a lot now. (laughs) Uh, And he's Japanese. So everyone's taken notice. And our old friend Connie Mack, who's managing the U.S. team,
0: takes notice.
1: So he was so impressed. I didn't know he was managing that team. Yeah, so he's so impressed by Sawamura's performance that he tried to sign him to a major league contract. But Sawamura refused to go, citing a reluctance to leave home. He responded, I'm interested but I'm also afraid to go.
0: Okay. So that was probably a good decision based on <laughs> the camps that happened in, like, the next 10 years. Well, Not yeah. That that's funny.
1: Ne- well, yeah. I mean... <laughs> No, no, that's, that's not, not funny. At I all. didn't even think about that. You're right. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it, yeah, yeah. He might have uh, he might have gone home before that, but yeah, no, that's okay. uh, so. The tour uh, with the American All Stars uh, ends with the All Stars going undefeated, but most importantly, it was a diplomatic success. America and Japan had begun to drift towards conflict, and vis- the visit from Ruth and Gehrig and Co had done more than any trip from the president. <laughs> or any other diplomat could. Connie Mack told reporters, mm-hmm. "When we landed in Japan, the American residents seemed pretty blue. The parley on the naval treaty was on, with America blocking Japan's demand for parity. There was a strong anti-American s- feeling throughout Japan over the con- over this country's stand. Things didn't look good at all. But then Babe Ruth smacked a home run." and all the ill-feeling and underground war sentiment vanished just like that.
0: <laughs> That's all it took.
1: That's all it took, it's according to Connie Mack. Like Connie Mack. Okay. Diplomacy through home runs. Yeah. So Mack would even double down a month later at the 12th annual New York Baseball Writers Association meeting, proclaiming there would be no war between the United States and Japan, as well as pointing out that war talk died out after the all-star team reached Japan. So he's just like, we did it. (laughs) (laughs) You can write this down.
0: Baseball (laughs) equals world peace, people. Uh, uh, I'm sure that. Uh, qu- well, I we know that that quote yeah. did not age well.
1: Yeah, I was going to say if you don't know why that's a funny uh, quote,
0: yeah.
1: <laughs> uh, pick up a book. Yeah. So, uh, <laughs> Sawai Moore had not signed with Connie Mack, but he would find himself in the United States the next year. Oh, okay. So most of the players I from I take back what I said before. Well, you'll you'll see. So the, right. they were uh, they essentially were barnstorming. So. Most of the players from the Japanese all-star team uh, formed into the newly created Dai Nippon Tokyo Yaku Kurabu, uh, otherwise known as the Great Japan Tokyo Baseball Club, Uh, Japan's first pro team, which would soon earn a new name. So, how they got that name, I'm not going to tell you yet. The team would travel (laughs) to the U.S., uh, mainly in the West, like California and shit, mm-hmm. and take on semi-pro teams, including teams from the Pacific Coast League. When they faced off against the San Francisco Seals, the manager of the Seals, Lefty O'Doul, stated that the team needed a name. He said that since Tokyo was the New York of Japan, he stated that they should emulate the name of one of the two America, er, two MLB teams in New York because they weren't Americans and also fuck the Yankees they said <laughs> we're going to become the Giants
0: okay so that so that's why they're so this the Yomiuri yes. team right,
1: right. Okay. the Yomiuri or otherwise known as the
0: Tokyo Giants right, which are right. still around
1: mm-hmm. to mm-hmm. this I didn't day.
0: I knew I knew about the naming practice like how it's company names yes. for the teams I didn't know it was a newspaper though that's yeah
1: yeah the, yeah, it's a media company. I did not know that either. But anyways, for easy layman's terms, they're the Tokyo Giants. All right. So Sawamura uh, was easily one of the team's best pitchers and he even shut out the Oakland Oaks 2-0 uh, with scouts in America... Uh, Enamored with the 18-year-old pitcher, and many teams showed much interest in Sowamore. So they're all like, "Holy shit, look at this guy!" Yeah. So one scout even tried to sign him by handing him some paper and asking the young pitcher for an autograph
0: (laughs) in the hope that he (laughs) would. Don't read this. Don't read this. Just (laughs) sign your name. It's just this is is a dedication to all my family members. (laughs) That's all that says. It's just this is all my kids' names. (laughs) You got a big family. You understand.
1: so he wouldn't fall for it okay he didn't didn't get playing for like the shreveport shrimps (laughs) how'd you get this guy i tricked him (laughs) okay
0: took advantage of his illiteracy yeah
1: So, Sawamura would manage to avoid signing his life away to a pseudo-slavery with the Reserve Clause, and managed to get out of America and return to Japan. Uh, His time in America was a success, but Sawamura did not care for Americans. Uh, He wrote when he returned, and this is my favorite quote, uh, (laughs) this is my favorite quote, as professional baseball player, I would love to pitch against major leaguers. Not just in an exhibition game like I pitched against Babe Ruth, but in a serious game. However, what I am concerned about is that I hate America, (laughs) and I cannot possibly like American people, so I cannot live in America. Firstly, I would have a language problem. Secondly, American food does not include much rice, so it does not satisfy me, so I cannot pitch as powerfully as I do in Japan. Last time I was in America, I could not pitch as well as I do in Japan. I cannot stand to be where formal customs exist, Um, such as a man not allowed to tie his shoelace when a woman is around. American women are arrogant. (laughs)
0: Is that a rule? I guess. All right. Well, I've been tying my shoelaces at improper times all the time, I guess.
1: I don't know. I just also – see, to me, this reads – you could take this in so many different ways as, you know, it's obviously culture shock. But these so mm-hmm. nationalistic. It's like – it's the equivalent of like us being like, what the fuck would I move to, to you know – South Africa or like Kenya, they don't have fucking Arby's there. Like you know, I wouldn't be as good, and I don't speak their language. Like why the fuck? Like that's
0: stupid. I hate those people. I can't like... pitch without my goddamn Arby's. <laughs>
1: yeah. So it's 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 just a strange like. But he's been. His his view is warped by nationalism right. at this point. Yeah. Where where he you know
0: he what what year is this now?
1: This is in uh in thirty six okay. ish thirty six so like
0: tensions building yeah not war yet yeah so in the fall of
1: nineteen thirty six the first ever year of the Japanese baseball league took place, uh, featuring seven different teams. Sawamura was just 19 now, and just ridiculous, he threw a no-hitter and posted a 13-2 record with a 1.05 ERA in 120 innings pitched. Damn. Yeah. it's pretty good. So, on September 25th against Osaka at Koshin Stadium, Sawamura hurled uh, the first no-hitter in professional Japanese baseball history. Nice,
0: So awesome. he's the best.
1: He's the best. And he's 19. Yeah. Uh, so the Giants and the Osaka Tigers would face off in... Uh, Hanshin? Yes, Hanshin Tigers. They, they didn't have the, the companies totally yet. They right. Anyways, if you look at this things, I just went with, with the stating. But yes, it's the Hanshin Tigers. Yes. Uh, so Osaka Tigers, Hanshin Tigers, whatever. Giants. I'm lost. Face off. So they played a three-game championship series with the Giants coming out on top. Uh, in the Japanese Fall League. Sawamura started all three games, and the Giants won the series 2-1. <laughs> he two started to one. all
0: three games? He did. Wow.
1: Yeah. So the next year, 1937, at just 20 years old, uh, in the Japanese Spring League. So the Japanese had, like, a, a split season, like a spring and fall Yeah. kind of two separate years back at this point. It's kind of confusing. Yeah,
0: and then I think, the if I remember correctly from the Colonel yeah. Sanders story, the... It was like the winner of each, like if you won the league at each, you know season, yeah. So to yeah. speak, then they would play each other. I guess that was their NPB
1: doesn't final really, or whatever. Doesn't really matter for this story. Okay, but that, I think that's how they did it. Okay, Um Carry so, on. <laughs> so he was even better. He uh, he posted a .81 ERA. <laughs> In two hundred in two hundred and forty four innings. 0.81? In two hundred and forty four innings. That's insane. So under a run a game, that's twenty two earned runs in two hundred and forty four innings. So j- That's fucked. Yeah. Uh he also pitched another no hitter, I am sure you could have guessed, uh on May first of that year. Mm-hmm. But as fate would have it, Sawamura's career would soon be interrupted. On July 7th, 1937, after Eiji finished a one-run complete game, the Second Sino-Japanese War broke out in China, and in many people's eyes, World War II in Asia was set in motion. Basically began at this point. We don't really have these finite dates we use in North America, but right. this is basically the beginning of, of, uh, of the uh,
0: Pacific Theater. Yes. Yeah, okay.
1: So in the Fall League, Sawamura put up an impressive, yet somewhat human, 2.38 ERA over 140 innings, but that was it for a few years at least. In 1938, in January, uh, Sawamura received military draft notice. He was sent to basic training at Sioux City, and in April, he joined the 33rd Regiment of the 16th Division. This was one of the regiments responsible for the infamous rape of Nanking just four months earlier. (laughs) Okay. If you don't know about that, read about it. I'm not going to tell you about it here, but it was fucked up. Um, (laughs) Sawamura was sent to Shanghai, China, Uh, where he saw combat against Chiang Kai-shek's army. And Chiang Kai-shek is basically the guy, he was the the republic guy, so not communist, who Uh ended up fleeing to what is now Taiwan. Uh, So he fights against Chiang Kai-shek's army, and Sawamura's arm was given the task on the front lines of throwing grenades. Because he fucking. I mean, makes sense.
0: Yeah. He's... This guy struck out Bay Baroud.
1: <laughs> <laughs> so he was more precise and could throw a grenade farther than any other recruit. Right. Okay. Uh, so he, that was his job. Uh, on September 23rd, uh, Sawamura suffered a bullet wound to his hand. Ooh. His left hand. hand. His left hand. It's all good. Uh, Yeah, Don't worry about
0: it. Can't catch, but.
1: (laughs) (laughs) So he returned to duty in October 1939, but was discharged finally from the service so he could resume his baseball career. And he did. Um, but by this point, uh, any love between Americans and Japanese were paper thin. Uh, Team nicknames such as the Giants and the Tigers were abandoned and replaced by Japanese names. Yomiuri became known as the Kojin Gun, other it's called the Giants Troop. <laughs> it's okay, so roughly it's, translated. Uh, so it's the same name, just yeah, but like war now. Yeah, and the Hanshin Tigers became Mokogun, the fiery tiger troop. <laughs> What the fuck? It's just they they can't use giants. Like they can't. It's too American. It's you can't do that. We're
0: nationalists. But why not change because it completely then?
1: Because as long as you just use Japanese words, they were cool with it. You know, like it just had Anyways. Uh so in 1940, do you see how okay, it's uh, stupid then? Yes, nationalism stupid. <laughs> <Yeah>. Yes. <laughs> yes,
0: absolutely. <Yeah.
1: laughs> you're not going to have an argument with me on no, that point. I know. It I'm is s- dumb. Speaking to the Yeah, I know. I know hey, Freedom carry. Fries and whatnot. It's yeah. stupid. <laughs> <laughs> so in 1940, Sawamura returned to the Giant Troop. <laughs> and because of his time serving, he now needed to drop down into more of a sidearm delivery because his shoulder was fucked up because grenades are actually quite heavier than baseballs. Mm-hmm. And if you throw them a lot really far, it's like throwing... So he
0: overdid the weighted ball Yeah, so he's, program.
1: he's coming at like a... a Three quarters to sidearm now, but he's still pretty good. He gets a seven and one record uh, with a two point six one ERA in nineteen forty, which included a third no hitter on July sixth, nineteen forty. Still, this was below average. Uh, the league was quite good, so we were seeing uh, ERAs quite low in the two. So this was a like below league average for oh, the ERA okay. plus okay. and whatnot. It's a low scoring era. Yeah, so. Uh, you know, he had much damage from you know throwing so many grenades. Also, getting shot in the left hand. You know that could have something to do with yeah. it. Uh, he also had a continuing bout of malaria from his time in the service and even difficult p- difficulty sleeping, probably from the the, the killing.
0: A little PTSD. Little yeah, bit uh, of PTSD. I was throw that in there.
1: And they're like, Whoa. but he's still seven and one and throws a no hitter. Hey. <laughs> so, in 1941, uh, he was even better. Uh, He took on a larger workload, and he worked to a 2.05 ERA over 153 and two-thirds innings pitched. Towards the end of 1941, Sawamura married his girlfriend, Yuko, uh, but three days later, he received his now second draft notice. On November 20th, seven years after his famous game against Babe Ruth, the 33rd Regiment left Nagoya, Bound for the island of Palau in Micronesia, where he waited with the rest of his battalion to attack the Philippines and the Americans on the
0: Philippines. Okay.
1: (laughs) So, seven years, that's how long it took.
0: For, <laughs> for what's for his, his name that... to be wrong? <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's not that long.
1: No. So, uh, Connie Mack. Connie Mack. Yeah. So December seventh, Japan bombs Pearl Harbor. Uh, we all know the story there. But they yeah. also begin to invade Allied territories in Asia, including Hong Kong, Burma, and the Philippines. Very shortly after. So within days of them attacking Pearl Harbor, uh, they're invading. You know every fucking where else (laughs) it looks like they're heading towards Australia and everybody's shitting their pants basically so Sawamura's unit attacked the island of Mindano uh, the second largest island on the Philippines and his unit would take the city of Davao on the island and now Sawamura was fighting and killing Americans in combat which he loved he fucking (laughs) loved it dude (laughs) dude, we'll get to it (laughs) Okay. the Japanese forces soon outnumbered the allied units who withdrew after a short fight and only attacked when opportunity presented itself. Uh, They used guerrilla tactics and held out for nearly five months. So the Japanese shit kicked the Americans Mm -hmm. on the Philippines. But on this particular island, the the fighting's five months was very long, prolonged. The Japanese are very strong. The Americans are very weak. So they retreat and then attack when they have the chance and then retreat again all right um so sawamora would tell Yakyukai, uh, the baseball magazine years later when we were strong and solid the western devils got quiet as a cat but when they saw we were not prepared they would attack like a cruel evil like
0: a cool evil cruel oh cruel <laughs> like
1: a cool evil <laughs> uh, cruel cruel so sawamora obviously uh saw some shit Uh, But he uh, survived this fight uh, unscathed, at least physically this time. Uh, He returned home to Japan in time for the 1943 season. But by this point, at 26 years old and a combat veteran, his body was beginning to fail him on the bump. Okay. So he was. Understandably. Sh- yeah, he's garbage. He's, he's, he's garbage. He's garbage. Uh, he's awful in his last stint. Uh, yeah, his last outing was on July 6, 1943, nearly seven years to the day when a young Sawamura pitched a gem and Japan declared war on China. So his last start was against Osaka. He allowed five runs over three innings. He finished the season with an 0 3 record and a 10.64 ERA. While walking more batter, more than a batter per inning.
0: Oof. Yeah. Not so good.
1: Yeah. The Giants would not renew the 27 year old's contract. Damn, that's really young. And he, yeah. Well, I mean, you think about that. He's been playing since 17. He was barnstorming a little bit, you know, for like a year and a bit. And then he's playing professionally from like 1920, but then for seven years. But then three of those years he's at war. Like, it's, yeah, it's it's a lot. It's a rough <laughs> go. It's a rough go. Yeah. Um, so, Salamora's baseball career was over, but excluding his last short stint after his body was destroyed by war... His numbers dazzled. So I just took it with that last season. Like, fuck that last season. Then okay. He doesn't get that on its record. So uh, <laughs> That's if, exempt. Yeah, so if we look at it, he had a 1.61 ERA over 754 and one-third innings pitched in four years of professional baseball in Japan. It's pretty damn good. He still was crushed that his career was over so quickly, but used his fame to pen a famous piece in the baseball magazine Yakyukai Entitled, Memoirs of a Fighting Baseball Player. Once again, he loved killing (laughs) virgins. Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. Baseball
0: was my number one hobby. You want to know what my second hobby was? Grenades to (laughs) people's faces from
1: 500 meters. That's correct. That's a really far throw. Okay, 500 feet.
0: (laughs) That's still pretty far. Mm -hmm. (laughs) I don't think
1: it's physically impossible, though. No. Um, Anyways. So, uh, on October of 1944, the government decided that they wanted a part two to Sawamura's article. And they drafted him for a third time.
0: <laughs> oh, wow.
1: Yeah. Well, I mean, they're starting to run out of dudes at this yeah, point. Yeah, I guess. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So, on November 27th, Sawamura boarded a transport ship bound for L- Lady, uh, I hope I'm saying that right, in the Philippines. And that ship was the Hawaii Maru the Japanese transport we heard about at the start of this podcast. In the early morning of December 2nd, 1944, Iji Sawamoro was killed. Nine months later, uh, the U.S. went nuclear, and World War II was over. Mm -hmm. Uh, Baseball resumed in Japan less than a year later in 1946, which is crazy because I learned that Japan only missed a season and a half during World War II. (laughs) That's insane.
0: How? (laughs) Wow. Well, all that was going on over there. They were like, they st- carry on. Well, it was watered
1: down just the same yeah. as, as MLB was watered down at the time. But yeah, for sure. Like, it's one thing for the U.S. to keep going, but you were getting, like, your homeland was getting bombed. Like, yeah, I right. guess that's why it, you missed a season and a half, but uh-huh. it wasn't the whole time you were getting bombed, but holy shit. So, in his death, Iji Sawamura became a legend of Japanese baseball, and in 1947, the magazine Nekoi uh, created the Sawamura Award. To this day, the Eiji Sawamura Award is presented to the best pitcher in Nippon professional baseball. Winners have included Koji Iwohara, twice, Hideo Nomo, Yu Darvish, Masahiro Tanaka, twice, and Kente Maeda. So, last year's so it's winner... Looks
0: like there's Cy Young yeah, Award. it's it's there.
1: Last year's winner was... Yoshinibu uh, Yamamoto of the Oryx Buffaloes, who I believe we saw at the World Classic. Mm-hmm. And if you want some irony, two Americans have won the award. Oh. Gene Bakwa in 1964 and Chris Johnson in 2016. 2016. Okay. And Sawamura's ghost is
0: definitely pissed and wants yeah, to kill those motherfuckers. Yeah. <laughs> it's like trying to strangle them on the mound. <laughs> so
1: um. in 1959, he became one of the initial, uh, nine initial members of the Japanese Baseball Hall of Fame. Statues of the pitcher would be raised outside uh, Shizuko uh, Kusanagi Stadium and at his old high school that expelled him for pitching to Babe Ruth. <laughs> what the fuck? <laughs> That's ironic. Yeah. So his number 14 has been retired by the Yomiuri Giants.
0: Uh, we put this statue here as a monument to remind you kids to not leave the goddamn school. <laughs> <laughs> so get blown up by yeah, a submarine. <laughs>
1: <Yeah>. <laughs> so to close, Ed-Z, uh Sawamura became a legend, of Japanese baseball and is still honored for his pitching and his sacrifice to this day he was a teenage female who if he had lived nowadays may have been one of the greatest of all times but due to the circumstances of his time he
0: got blown up <laughs> yeah I guess so <laughs> yeah, that's, that's it <laughs> one, that's one blunt way of putting it but yeah yeah. That's uh, it is too bad because yeah like you say if it if he grows up in a different time or, you know, maybe he stays in the States cause he's not like so full of yeah. hatred towards the Americans. Like maybe he, you know, yeah. Well, and lives a lot longer and <laughs> is more famous. I don't know.
1: Well, and, and I mean, I read some of the, <laughs> you know, memoir of a fighting baseball player. It was all just like ranting nationalistic crazy oh, really? stuff from like someone who was Probably, you know, he, he just had fought these people. Of course, he was going to say like horrible things. So mm-hmm. and I decided not to include most of that in here because it was just like, well, it's the equivalent of just like, you know, somebody who's super nationalistic and like giving them a platform. It's not the same, but you know what I mean? Like, it was, it, it
0: was, it's I, an angry read. I,
1: I felt empathy for this man a lot at the beginning, but in the end, I was kind of like, it just sucked that you were in, ingrained with this. You know Nationalistic Like hatred Mm -hmm. That you were just like I could do that But I can't Because I fucking hate them Mm -hmm.
0: (laughs) Mm -hmm. Even though you were You know People cut from the same cloth Essentially Yeah You're both just Good baseball players From Yeah Different parts of the world
1: So it, that's why I said the World <laughs> Baseball Classic at the beginning because you know it just makes you think of how far we've come too, which is yeah. awesome. Which yeah. is awesome. Which mm-hmm. is now we're, we're we're everybody's playing each other. There's so many different amazing leagues, and the best players in the world get to play in the major leagues. Mm-hmm. But like it's it was cool to see Japan beat the U.S., and it just kind of feels normal now. Whereas like back in 1934, yeah, this guy throwing a two-hitter even though they lost was a huge deal. Mm-hmm. So. Mm-hmm. You know, that that's that's why I did this one. I don't know.
0: Well I just like want to add to that too, like to it, it illustrates how it does illustrate how far we've come with like, you know, like we were kinda of talking about in the beginning of the episode, it's just, like the perfect situation to end that game. You know, yeah. like you got the best player from Japan. Japan, you got the best player from the States, and then, you know, the cherry on top is their teammates in <laughs> major league baseball. And and you know ba- based on what i've heard afterwards and based on the interaction of them like in that game yeah. there's no animosity there oh, no. i'm sure they're gonna joke about that all season long yeah you know well it's it's
1: cool and and i i'd known about uh so Saw- for a long time uh and wanted to do an episode on him uh was, <laughs> i knew all that he died in the war and it's so ironic just that that you know that you know just as i say we talk all the time about baseball being a war and then literally Mm -hmm. it's like end up literally facing each other in war and, and he ends up dying and I'm yeah. like and he was and he didn't really have to you know well I mean I he, mean he got drafted he got for a draft third time
0: but, but like, he was pretty stoked on it that's, well yeah
1: that's where my empathy was lost with him was like mm-hmm. he really bought into the, the, the fervor at the time of yeah. like yeah oh, we're the best we're the best we're gonna show these fucking Americans we're the best and mm-hmm. That's where it loses me a little yeah, bit. War is hell. War is hell. <laughs> I don't know. We're rambling at this yeah, point. Yeah. If uh, if you liked us, uh, give us a rating or give us a follow. Uh, Edzy, where can they find you on the Twitter?
0: Uh, you can find me at Eds Do Baseball and I'm at Sean Do Baseball. Together, we're at Doing Baseball. Yes. And on Instagram at Doing Dot Baseball and TikTok at Doing Baseball. Yeah. We will continue
1: to bring you some baseball history here over the next. Well, not over the next couple weeks, in... In the next fortnight. Yeah, I like sure. I fortnight. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> yeah. That's what we're going to do. Okay. Whether you
0: like it or not. <laughs> yeah, and thanks to Two Loons Brewery for uh, sponsoring our... Uh, and for their beautiful IPA we got here. There we go. <laughs> yeah. Anyways, uh, until next time, I'm Sean. And I'm Ed.
1: And we were uh, doing the baseball. Okay, Bye. <laughs>